Welcome back to the CNC replay. My name is Corey, and this is all you got tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Noel and Chris are both out today. Um, life gets in the middle of everything, as we all know, uh, and uh, for just different reasons. Uh, they are unable to jump on the pod tonight, and we're not able to find a, a day to record. Uh, but some incredible, incredible things have been happening in the world of sports, specifically with uh, the Detroit sports world. And it's going to be majority baseball today because we are just got past the six o'clock MLB trade deadline. We got to seven o'clock, which usually means that any deal that was called in right at the buzzer before word gets out is done. Unless we have some breaking news, uh, all the deals that were supposed to be made today are now done. So uh, it's just me, and I get to talk about one of my favorite sports of all time, baseball. But like I said, everybody's okay. Uh, everybody's doing fine. Just, you know, life gets gets in the way uh, for a period of time. But I'm taking over today, and it's going to be, I guess, a massive Corey's Corner. Um with all of the listeners that are out here today. Uh, but to start, as we always do, we have to talk in the world of baseball, the world of sports uh, with the Detroit Tigers. And I, I can't even talk about the games that were played. Uh, the, the same old story, the Tigers play and you would expect them to do something and then they do the exact opposite or they end up looking like a respectable major league ball club and then they just blow it at the last second. That's kind of what we've gotten with the past two series. Uh, one specifically in Toronto uh, where we took one of three and then even to start with the Minnesota twins uh, on this past Monday, um, which was kind of a blessing in disguise in a way uh, because there was some speculation of Tigers are just going to fire sale everything in the midst of uh, the self-proclaimed rebuild is 100% over from owner Chris Illich, and they were just going to restart and start over. I'm not going to get into that because we've talked about how idiotic it would be to trade some young pieces just for the sake of the season didn't go the way that we thought it was going to go. Um, but in last night's start, or I guess two nights start, or two starts ago, or two nights ago, uh, Tarek Skubal, who would be the Tigers' number one trade chip, uh, pitched five innings, which everyone went through uh, all sorts of speculation on Twitter. Did we trade Tarek Skubal already, and what did we do for him? What was the return? It probably wasn't good, because Al Avila is still our general manager, but uh Thankfully, kind of, he had arm fatigue. And I say thankfully, kind of tongue in cheek, because what's another injury for this team? And what's another injury to a young, promising arm on this team? It's just it, the amount of luck or the amount of breaks that the Tigers haven't gotten this year has has been unbelievable. Uh, and the Tigers have had, I think, 15 different starting pitchers this year. That is the most out of anybody in, in the big leagues. Um, 
that doesn't explain the defensive lapses and, and the offensive uh, inability. Uh, but that does help explain some of the uh, other issues and the other bad luck. So it's, it's kind of like they kick you while you're down, uh, so to speak, uh, mentality. And we got a little glimpse of that last night. I have a somewhat not serious, but semi-serious uh, thought process to this because I'm, I'm thinking, you know, Scuba doesn't want to get traded. He's 25 years old. Why on earth would he get traded? Um, did he fake an arm fatigue injury so that he wouldn't get traded? No, he's a professional. But, you know, in my sick and twisted mind, maybe. You never know. Um, but, of course, the Tigers were winning that game 2 to nothing when Scuba gets out. And then Fulmer comes in, who has who was one of the only players traded from this team on the Detroit Tigers trade deadline, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, he was unlucky. He he got the pitches that he wanted last night, and uh, just the way the cookie crumbles. Uh, the Tigers somehow uh, end up uh, taking the lead in into uh, extra innings at the top of the 10th. Akil Badu, who was like 0 for his last 50 um, with like 49 strikeouts, ends up getting a base hit right up the middle. Uh, to score the go-ahead run at the time. Um, But, of course, because nobody can have nice things, Alex Lang comes in, who's a promising arm, but he's struggled lately, um, gives up, uh, you know, a runner on second in the the extra innings rules. Uh, He gives up a a ground ball that uh, extends Carlos Correa to third base, gives up a base hit, and then he gives up a two-run bomb uh, to lose the game. Um, Blown save, loss whatever Tigers lose that game. And then we go into the dreaded trade deadline with Al Avila sitting on the phones thinking about Lord knows what we have no clue, but trade deadline special. That is what we're going to talk about today. And I want to talk about the moves that happened outside of major or outside of the Detroit Tigers uh, circle first, because first and foremost, I think that the, the MLB trade deadline is maybe the most exciting trade deadline uh, out of the four major sports. Uh, and I think it's because you can't trade draft picks um, while every other sport you can. So you have to trade players or prospects and deals midway through the year happen, happen more often because you can plug in a hitter uh, and not skip a beat. You can plug in uh, a starting pitcher and usually not skip a beat or you can get a bullpen piece. There's a lot of roster turnover via free agency, but especially in the trade market because you have to trade player for player um, and uh, and the, you don't have to worry about chemistry. So like in example, the NFL, you wouldn't trade for a starting quarterback uh, halfway through the season because you'd have to learn the offense. Uh, you'd have to build chemistry with your wide receivers and, you know, learn their different routes and, and timings. Uh, hockey, you can kind of plug in place guys. Um, but there's usually not a huge splash. And then the NBA, I, I think, would be the closest uh, to uh, the MLB trade deadline. But still, given the roster size, I don't think you see uh, – well, the roster size is smaller, so it would be a bigger impact. But you don't see as many moves because there aren't as many players on the roster. That's just my opinion. I don't, I don't have a rails – I don't have rails tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Noel is not telling me to calm down, and I can make I can make assumptions all I want. But I've I, I stayed pretty pretty calm and collected seven minutes into this podcast solo. Um, but 
the trade deadline was crazy once again. Uh, and I want to talk about this in a way that it relates to the Tigers, but also is outside of the scope of the Tigers. So we had a few moves. First and foremost, the biggest move of the day, obviously, for those who, uh, you know, are pay attention to Major League Baseball, uh, Washington Nationals outfielder Juan Soto, who is 23 years old, by the way, who is younger than the majority of prospects that get traded uh, at the trade deadline, who turned down a, a $400 plus million dollar deal from the Nationals, finally, finally, finally gets flipped to the San Diego Padres, which is a National League altering move, as it should be. Uh, and the Padres gave up their number one prospect, their number three prospect, their number five prospect, um, and I believe their 20th. And in return, they got Juan Soto and Josh Bell, who is also uh, a rumored uh, player to be flipped. He was eventually flipped to the Padres in this deal um, with uh, Luke Voigt, uh, DH first baseman for the Padres, going to Washington. Um, but that deal, side note, was crazy because originally uh, the Padres were trying to get rid of Eric Hosmer's contract, um, and he was included into this deal as a salary dump. But Eric Hosmer has a 10-team no-trade clause, and Eric Hosmer said, no, I'm not going to Washington. So that kind of put the deal into question for a little bit. But everything worked out. They pulled Hosmer from the deal. Uh, Luke Voigt got flipped instead. Uh, to send, you know, a major league ready player uh, to Washington. And then uh, uh, Hosmer eventually gets traded to Boston, which that's Boston's strategy. And there was a few teams that had a, a very interesting strategy at this trade deadline. Um, he, he goes there and uh, so does his contract. So San Diego, obviously the big winners uh, of this deal, because then if everything, you know, goes to crap for them, they could in theory, trade Juan Soto at next year's deadline for the prospects that they traded away. Not the same ones, but, you know, the same value, uh, so to speak. Um, but everybody is pointing fingers at the Nationals, talking about the talent that they've lost over the past year and a half. They lose Bryce Harper to free agency to the Phillies. Uh, they lose uh, Anthony Rendon to free agency they, they trade away Max Scherzer, who's one of the best pitchers in the game. Currently, even at age 37 or however old he is, they trade away Trey Turner in that Max Scherzer deal because they don't want to pay him, thinking that they could sign Juan Soto. Um, and uh, eventually they trade him away too. Uh, and that is just so, like anybody losing that amount of talent should be floored. Easily, but there's two things. Number one, the Washington Nationals have an owner who has somehow been losing money on this team. I don't know how that happens. This is the rumor, um, and it, the reason why is because of the World Series victory in 2019. They backloaded Max Scherzer's initial contract, um, so I think they're still paying Max Scherzer some money. Um, right now, and he's two teams removed from them and now pitching against them in the same division. Uh, they win the World Series and they signed World Series MVP Steven Strasburg to uh, not a record-breaking deal, but a pretty significant deal. And Steven Strasburg, since the World Series, has pitched like 20 innings. And he's had injury history before, but the one year he was able to stay healthy, that was the year that uh, the Washington Nationals were able to win the World Series. Uh, they signed Patrick Corbin uh, 
to left-handed pitcher for the nationals uh, to an extended deal. Uh, and that is looking like one of the worst contracts in major league baseball as it stands right now, and possibly a top 10 worst contract of all time because Patrick Corbin literally forgot how to throw a baseball. He's got like a seven ERA or something like that. And he is horrid. Just absolutely horrid. And it, it's kind of sad to see how bad this pitcher was, especially since of how good he was. Um, All that to say, then they then had pending free agent Juan Soto, who is literally a generational talent, 23 years old, um, to try and sign long-term to be the cornerstone of their franchise for years to come. So this is an interesting piece because Juan Soto came into the league as a 19-year-old, which is unheard of in Major League Baseball. Um, and he has literally turned himself into a veteran and a one of the top 10 players in baseball, if not top five in my in my opinion, but I'm no expert. Um, so he's had he's lived a pretty solid career already in his age 23 season. And he is going to get big, big bucks. The rumor is he's going to make five hundred million dollars in his next contract. But the catch, the kicker is the Nationals owner is trying to sell the team because he's been losing money off of these deals, off of these backloaded contracts, off of these horrible contracts, and still trying to put a viable major league roster on the field. So when they offered Soto this this $400 million, $450, $420 million deal, that looks like a lot of money. But per term, he would be getting paid less than Miguel Cabrera is getting paid right now for the next 14 seasons or something like that. So obviously, the year-by-year uh, the year by year, uh, pay for the season. It, it, it just, it just isn't comparable. Um, but how does this all relate? How does this all relate? Well, the, the Washington nationals have to sell the team and how are you going to sell a team when you have a $500 million player on your team? Um, and you don't know how you're going to sell the team or get buyers. You're going to sell a major league team. Right. Anytime a major league team, that's a thing that like if 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 a sports team gets put up for sale, it's going to be sold. But how much value are going to get for the team if you have outstanding debt and a five hundred million dollar contract on the books already before you can do anything? So it's it's frustrating as a fan because you just lost every star player that you could have. And you don't you you got some prospects, so you have, I guess, a promising future. You got maybe one of the best uh, pitching prospects in all of baseball right now, so you have your arm of the future, quote unquote. How are you going to salvage that to the fans? And I've been seeing tweets all over. Nationals fans should be livid. They should be punching the walls because of all these players that they lost. They had four All Stars a year ago, and now nobody is sniffing. Blah 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 blah. All this stuff. All this stuff. And they're like, what team has lost more? I know one. I know one team that lost more. It was the Detroit Tigers from the from the World Series runs that they had or the deep playoff runs that they had. And you know what the biggest difference is between the Tigers and the Nationals? Yes, the Nationals probably have the best player. And the Tigers were able to keep theirs, but he's old and, you know, he's a shell of what, what he was in himself. But they lost a generational pitcher, too. And somebody who is proven to be right now maybe one of the best pitchers of all time. He's definitely one of the best pitchers of all time, but he's probably the best pitcher in the American League in Justin Verlander. Not going to get into that. I've got into that enough. 
The Nationals won the World Series. The Tigers did not. I was having a conversation with somebody today, uh, one of my one of my coworkers, and I was saying I would trade anything. I would trade I would trade this result right now with the Washington Nationals for that World Series title. They're acting like the fans got absolutely nothing. You reached the mountaintop of Major League Baseball. You got your World Series. You got the t-shirt. You got the hat. You were able to see your team be the absolute best in the most dramatic World Series in recent memory, I might add, with the road team winning every single game in the series and it getting pushed to the absolute brink in a Game 7 on the road where your young superstar absolutely takes over and puts himself on the map as the future of Major League Baseball, maybe. You got the World Series. Isn't that the goal at the end of the day? I get that it's frustrating. I understand it's frustrating. Tigers fans would trade that for for anything. Guardians fans would trade that for anything. They make it to the 2016 World Series and lose in seven, and they've got nothing to show for it. They lose Lindor. They lose Kluber. They lose all of their studs. They'll still have some, and they're a better organization. But still, you're belly aching about all that you've lost, but you gained the number one thing that you're trying to get in the sport, and that is a world title. Stop it. Any other fan of any other team would be saying the exact same thing. And I'm I'm even going to go say the Royals. The Royals made a trade today. They traded away Whit Merrifield, regardless of how you feel about him or whatever, given all of the vaccine stuff. Um, that doesn't matter. They're belly aching, and, and I'm looking at all the response. Oh, well, how many more gut punches can we take? Uh, from this organization. You won the World Series too. You made it to the World Series two years in a row. You got a ring. What are you complaining about? Yes, you want you want success. You want to keep that success going as long as possible. I understand that. But you won the World Series. So now if you can't retain all these players, if all these players got old, you got you put lightning in a bottle, you have to restart somewhere. I could stomach the rebuild that the Tigers are going through if they won the World Series in 2012. I wouldn't care that Verlander's not on the team anymore. Maybe not, but I wouldn't care as much. We would have Miguel Cabrera's contract. Okay, we would try if we won the World Series, we would try to sign all of these guys, okay? And then and so we would have to keep at least one of these contracts that end up being bad. The pain and suffering in in retrospect or in, within the certain point of view that Tigers fans are going through right now, the sting would be minimal if they had that ring in 2012. Or if they had that ring in 2006. I don't think anybody would really care. Maybe not, but you you win the World Series with that core of players. I don't think anybody's complaining as much as they are. And yet we have Nationals fans who, I get it, they lost a generational talent, but put it into perspective, you reached the mountaintop. Okay, your team is going to be bad, yes, but you have a World Series title. You have a World Series title that's more than the Guardians have had in the past 40 years. You have a World Series title that's more than the the Mariners have had. You have have more World Series titles than the Mariners have made the playoffs in the last 25 years. You have more World Series titles than the Detroit Tigers, who won four straight American League Central championships. Four. You have more World Series titles than them. The Royals were good for two seasons, and you won a World Series. What are you guys complaining about? 
is at the end of the day, do you want sustained success or do you want a World Series title? Because you can't have you can't have either. And honestly, I don't even think you can have sustained success unless you are the Dodgers or the Yankees. It's not possible. In my opinion, it's not possible. At the end of the day, you want to see your team win the World Series. The Nationals saw that, and now this is this is the aftermath. You would not trade that World Series title for anything, would you? Because I would gladly take it in a heartbeat. Put it into perspective. That is what you have to do. You have to put it into perspective. Now, I didn't just lose probably maybe one of the greatest hitters of all time. I didn't do that. I'm pro I'm pro the, the Nationals right now are probably the two like probably could feel the same as the 2003 Florida Marlins. You win the World Series early and then you lose Cabrera in a trade and Cabrera goes on and he's the greatest right-handed hitter of this generation. Okay. So Tigers fans got to soak that in. That's cool. But Florida got the ring. If you are a diehard Florida Marlins fan, I've never met one. If you were a diehard Florida Marlins fan, would you have rather had that one player forever? Or would you have rather had seen your team win the World Series? Win the championship? I'm taking the ring every time. I don't care how it happens. I'm taking the ring. You think Cubs fans aren't cherishing that 2016 title? They still are. Their team stinks. They're still cherishing that World Series title. That's how this all relates. Back to the Tigers. You've got these teams complaining that our recent World Series champions, we've lost everything, our organization sucks. No, the Tigers organization sucks because they couldn't get it done. That's the issue. That's the issue there. But got to bring it back to the Tigers, of course, always. Tigers made two deals in the trade deadline. Thankfully, and that that's that's bittersweet. And it's really hard to um, articulate because everybody is sitting here. And if you've been on Twitter the past 24 hours or even the past, you know, year and a half, we've gone from the small, quiet, uh, maybe majority of Alavila is not a good general manager to like, this is like the loudest thing on Detroit sports talk shows, radios, Twitter, anything. Alavila stinks. And yet we have another trade deadline where he is at the helm. So this is what we got. Tigers made two trades. They traded away Robbie Grossman, which in essence, I agree with. I, I can get I can get down with that because he was a free agent at the end of the year. Um, and uh, he wasn't. He, he, we have a log jam of outfielders. I would much rather see Victor Reyes play right now uh, than... Robbie Grossman, just because, you know, he's not a part of this future. So you made that deal last night after the, after you blew the game against the twins, you get one player in return. That's Chris Anglin from the Atlanta Braves. He looks, now this is, I need people to hear me. He looks and he throws like Josh Hader, but he's not Josh Hader. No. No, he is uh frankly he's he's a 20 year old he's a lottery ticket. He's a 20 year old uh hard throwing left-handed pitcher. 
Uh, and I, honestly, I was kind of surprised that we got anything in return because I was expecting cash considerations and I was going to be like, okay, well, cool. What the heck is that supposed to be? Um, the reason I like this deal uh, is because Tigers pitching coach Chris Fetter tried to recruit him at the University of Michigan. Um, so at the very least, you're going to hear a little bit of Alavila credit for me, but that's it because we've got something else to talk about too. You listen to your coaching staff. Alavila has set the bar so low that we're viewing a minimal move for a triple a, for a single A pitcher who's 20 years old who isn't anywhere close to sniffing the major leagues. We view it as a win because he listened to his coach. I don't, and you can't. I don't even know if you can view it as a win because you you could get not. This could all flame out. But yet again, what are you going to expect? Robbie Grossman had a down year. You're trying to you. The, the Tigers literally strategy was we called every contending team and we took whatever offer we could get. And thankfully, we got somebody for him. So cool, I guess. That's fine. Um, he uh, fifty six strikeouts and fifty two in a third innings pitched. Okay, cool. Uh, he's five eleven, one hundred seventy five. So he's got to fill. I, I I can't even dissect. I've never heard of this guy before. Other than other than I know that Chris Fetter tried to recruit him when he was the when he was at University of Michigan. Cool. Okay, I like that. That's fine. Okay, we weren't going to get much for him anyway. Whatever. But then the only other move the Tigers make is to trade Michael Fulmer. And the Tigers acquire Sawyer Gibson Long from the Minnesota Twins. And and Sawyer Gibson is 24. So that's like that's the age where you need to like start making some strides to to, to get to a big league club. Uh Sawyer Gibson is 24 uh and and in triple A this season. Has a seven ERA. Outside of the Minnesota Twins, top thirty prospects. Michael Fulmer was one of the better arms. The outside of the how the Tigers feel about Michael Fulmer was one of the better arms uh, available via the bullpen for this trade deadline. And that's your return. I, I I try to make it make sense. He's not a strikeout pitcher. He's striking out. He's striking out less than less than one batter per inning. So he's not a strikeout pitcher, uh, and his job is to pitch. And he gives up seven runs per nine innings. What are we What are we doing? And this is where the expectation, like it, it, our expectations were so low and, and this is the return. You might as well just hang on to him and try to re-sign him in the off season for that return. And to make matters worse, he, he just walked across the, the, the complex in Minnesota. You, Michael Fulmer is going to pitch tonight and he's going to throw like an immaculate inning against the Tigers. 
and he's just going to be absolutely like this is what this is what's going to happen. And even Robbie Grossman, he's going to figure out change of scenery, and he's going to hit like four bombs in two weeks. Guy's got two home runs. This is where that bad luck continues. But holy cow, the the return. I don't even know what to say. I I, I can't even have an opinion, really, because it, it's like you have lottery pick for example the yankees traded joey gallo today everyone knew they were going to trade joey gallo today joey gallo has been horrible he hasn't been able to hit a baseball all year long and they trade him to the dodgers the dodgers give up their 15th overall prospect for him now he struggled in in you know in his in his own regard um but that's a guy in the that's that's a guy in the top top 15 of one of the best farm systems in Major League Baseball. He's got a five-year array in double-A, but that's two runs less than our guy that we just got for Michael Fulmer, who's actually been a pretty good arm. What are we doing? What are what are we doing? The expectations are so low. So low. I'm, I'm pulling up Sawyer Gibson's baseball reference page here. 717. In double A, in which he is half a year younger than the rest of the competition. So I guess there's still time, whatever, that's fine. Our expectations were low, and yet our this is our trade deadline. This is our haul for some for some what do you expect? I'm, I, there's a, there's a part of me that's glad that we didn't trade anybody because the returns were just going to be subpar anyway. Um, but another part of me that's like, that's the best you can do. Really? That's the best you can do for any of these guys. Maybe not the Grossman deal, but for Fulmer, like woof. Apparently, we could have gotten Alex Bregman a couple of years ago from Michael Fulmer. That's looking pretty dumb right now. Mike, Alex Bregman would look great in a Tigers uniform. He'd be he'd be he'd be the best player on the team right now. I'm just you can't see me, but I'm just I'm just sticking my hand in my face because it, it this 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 whole organization is so depressing. I, I, I've been I've been lo- looking closely at my man. I pull up his stuff a lot. Chris Castellani. Uh, I followed him from the very beginning of like the the downfall of Detroit Tigers uh, baseball. Um, and his content has matured. Um, and you know he's the, he's the type of guy that's like nothing can go right for this team right now, especially this season. And then he he made an interesting comment for his post uh, deadline uh, video, and uh, was like, "What do you expect?" It's Alavila. He's the worst GM in baseball, worst GM in sports, maybe. What 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 should we expect? But yet somehow we still walk away disappointed. And he's saying he's saying that he has a theory that. Uh, the Tigers are just hooking on to this bad luck um, and saying this roster isn't as bad as they've been performing. We're just going to run it back next year and see how that goes. Now I, I'm, I can confidently say that they will not 
be worse than they are this year. I can confidently say that because you get another full year of Torkelson in the minors or, or Torkelson, you know, developing, you get Riley green catching his bearings and you get Turnbull back. Some of the stuff that he said, but if that's your end of the rebuild plan, I don't know how, I don't know how much more mad Tigers fans can get. Not only did you not win the world series, you have no direction with your rebuild either. And you're not a team that is in the middle of selling and losing money. This is just not happening with the Detroit Tigers. Like it is happening with the Washington Nationals right now. It's just not. How are you how are you going to say this to the fan? Oh, it was a rough year last year, but you know, we're gonna we're gonna run it back and, and do whatever. How are you gonna sell that to anybody? Make it sound good. You can't. You absolutely cannot. As far the as far as the other guys that were that were traded uh, or were not traded and were rumored to be traded, um, there has been some takes uh, from a couple of writers. Uh, Cody Stavenhagen, uh, why are the Tigers? Why didn't the Tigers move on any other relief pitchers? Quote from Al Avila, there wasn't as much conversations as I think the media made it out to be. However, there were some. We just decided the possible turn, return we talked about just did not move the needle for us at that point. I don't even know what to say to that. This is where negotiating takes place. And if, uh, I guess maybe I, it's a blessing in disguise because if that former offer was the best offer on the table, holy cow, what other offers? I mean, so not only do you have a guy who, when he makes a trade, makes a bad one, you have a, a guy who can't negotiate. Last time I checked, those are, those are, those are both pretty important when it comes to your team and building a roster because free agents haven't been good either. What more proof do you need? And if this guy continues to be here, then and we've talked about it in the weeks past, then Chris Illich really isn't trying to do anything with this team. He's trying to have it tread water. So you can pawn it off to the success of the Red Wings. It's sad. Because at least when the Nationals fans are sad, at least when Cubs fans are sad, they have their shiny World Series trophy that they can look back on and like, hey, we won that. We were we were the best. Tigers fans don't have that. And it's sickening. It's really sickening. Just a just a great trade trade deadline, everybody. Wow, we love it. I I I really got to stop talking about this team because they make me so angry. Um, I guess some positives. Eduardo Eduardo Rodriguez is planning to come back. Um, could be at the end of August. Cool, season's done anyway. Go for it. I suppose Matt Manning is making his uh, his start off the DL tonight. Um, 
that's cool. We like that. Um, hopefully he can avoid Tommy John surgery, unlike everybody else on this team. Like we said earlier, Spencer Turnbull is coming back next year. That'll be a boost to the rotation. Um, now without Robbie Grossman, um, you can play, you know, your young outfielders, Akil Badu has struggled, but he'll get more playing time. I'd like to see Victor Reyes in a more everyday role, or even Eric Haas, who's essentially been the one constant after starting pretty horrifically um, this season outside of opening day. Um, get him more playing time. Let him play and, and maybe have that Don Kelly-esque, but he's a little bit better than him right now, um, player for the future. Um, because honestly, at the end of the day, this team is unwatchable. And the only reason I watch them is because Detroit sports, I guess. And I don't have anything better to watch uh, with my nights. Uh, so that's what we've come to. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's all I got to say about them. Cool. Put a fork in this season. Trade deadline's done. Spend some money for the love of everything that is great. Spend some money. This, this, this free agency, get a stud ace. Do, do something like the, the Mariners have done. They missed the playoffs last year, but man, they, they have gone for it. They, they went for it. They were in on Soto for a little bit. They got probably the best uh, starting pitcher on the market. I would love to be in the Mariners shoes right now for just a taste glimpse of the postseason, and and seemingly like a general manager who wants to win. <sighs> Man, that's a lot. That is a lot. 40 minutes, just about, of Tigers content or just Major League Baseball content in general. Um, so maybe you'll, maybe you'll see me again do this solo thing. Maybe you won't, but uh, there was a lot to talk about for this trade deadline. I want to make sure that we got it on time. Um, but... Jeez, bro, and ladies, that that's I I don't know what else to say. Um, not much news uh, for the Pistons and the Red Wings. Both going through the off season, we're riding the coattails of the of the teal uh, jerseys, and I think a lot of uh, sports Twitter has been overshadowed by uh, the MLB trade deadline uh, as we see it. Um, nothing with the Red Wings, uh, really, um, seems like all the moves are settling. Uh, some of the, uh, I guess world championship, I don't even know there's something from team Canada came out today with a couple of Red Wings prospects that are, are going to be involved. Um, but, uh, all's quiet there. Um, but hard knocks is revving up with our beloved Detroit lions. And I can talk about them for a little bit too. Um, everybody is excited or is there at least the, there's a buzz with the lions, not because of, not because of anything that they're doing on the field outside of lions, Twitter. Um, everybody's the media loves Dan Campbell. They're talking about like the, the stupid shirts that he's wearing. They had an anti-fragile uh, shirt with the lions logo on it which is hilarious to me. Um, and uh, you're hearing, you're starting to hear some sound bites uh, from, uh, from uh, training camp. 
which Dan Campbell is just ultimate football guy. And anything that he says will be, he will have you running through a brick wall and the media is just eating it up. And why are we talking about this? Because the media is talking about this. The Lions don't get media coverage. And we've talked about this extensively because they don't deserve media coverage half of the time. But now that they're the focal point of this, I, I mean, I don't think I've, I've seen so much coverage from outside of like the the uh, the local beat writers and uh, sports outlets for a hard knock season like the Detroit Lions. Now it could be a piece of like, man, we get to really see the inner workings of this organization that's been uh, the worst in all of professional sports for the past you know fifty sixty years, or it's like. Dan Campbell is like one of the most entertaining men in football. And we wanted, we just want to follow him around with the camera. It could be both or it could be one or the other. Um, but regardless, uh, there's some excitement brewing from that. And I'm excited to, to listen in. I, I mean, I think, I think Campbell's absolutely hilarious. Um, and I, I really do think the culture has been changed and that's pretty easy to do. Um, that's pretty easy to change the culture uh, when the culture previously was so bad. We've talked about that extensively. Um, but even some of the reports that we talked about last week from uh, players uh, saying that, uh, you know, it's completely different from what it was um, the past, the previous years, like it feels different. Um, so excited about that. Um, and excited to, I guess, see some football and be disappointed by the lions once again, but um, some, encouragement maybe i don't know um penny sewell has looked in the early stages of training camp and they just put pads on today i believe um has looked like the best player on the field the majority of the time we love to see it second year player who's already looking like he's one of the best players on the team now it's the lions i get it i understand strides improvement this is what we're going for if we can't get the success we need measurable improvement and you can't hold the the legacy of the detroit lions on a player who has only been in the league for one year in my expert opinion so penny sewell has come in here and done everything that's been asked of him and now he's looking like an absolute stud So that's sweet. Hutchinson looked good, not in pads. And apparently he got manhandled by, you know, uh, Penny Sewell. Welcome to the NFL moment. I'm not concerned with him. Let him get used to it. I mean, uh, every, every offensive lineman that Hutchinson faced last year, uh, what was a college football player at the time? Could they have been NFL players? Yes. In the future? Sure. But the difference is, Every single offensive lineman that Aiden Hutchinson is facing this year and will face this year is an NFL lineman. There's going to be there's going to be a learning curve. So if he comes out slow out of the gate, expect that. Don't expect a bust early. If he's if he looks completely lost at the halfway point, then I would start to worry. First couple games, yeah, it's fine. Let him learn. First couple preseason games, especially, let him learn. Other notes. Um, I think I saw Quintez Cephas had an injury today. It looked non-contact. That's not good. Um, 
hope that the best is coming for him and uh it's just like a tweak um don't want uh the absolute worst out of it but uh for other good news okuda has looked better um and he is i think he's competing with will harris for the for the starting corner role opposite of awarie um and campbell said they're both open for the competition that is what we need we need players who are hungry to get out there and play some football who want to earn it this whole we're going to bite your kneecaps off that everybody laughed about and i laughed about because how are you going to back that up okay these guys are embracing competition you want some you want some fellas with that dog in them okay you'd have to have some guys who are willing to get dirty get down and 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 do it and maybe that's what you have with your corners here because the the key to success for this season um will be how well the Lions can pressure the quarterback. Three keys. How well can the Lions pressure the quarterback? Is their secondary, quote-unquote, legit? And can their offense do enough? I think with one of the best offensive lines in football, they can establish a running game with essentially just about any running back that they put back there. I get it. It was games that were meaningless. But still, success was there for maybe the first time in a long time. Control the pace of play. Just don't beat yourself and see where this team can go. I'm not going to say anything because they're the Lions, and until they prove it, can't get excited. But we're getting some media attention, and that's building some intrigue. People want to tune in, unlike our other cats, big cat in the in the city of Detroit. But... 45 minutes in, ladies and gentlemen, I think that's all that I got. So whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts, whatever you will do to listen to the CNC replay, uh, first and foremost, thank you so much for listening and tuning in. It means a lot to us. It's really cool to see at the end of the year all of our Spotify and Apple stats say, oh, wow, all these people are listening to us. Um, And thankful that you are listening to a one-man soliloquy uh, today. Um, because I got to talk about some of my favorite things about baseball and then just deep in deep dive into the discussions. But thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to rate us five stars on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts because that actually helps. We get boosted, and we, I've looked at a couple other podcasts uh, for some other projects that I'm looking into, um, and a lot of them don't have ratings. So if you rate us, then we'll get put to the top of the list, and other people, get, and that's how you grow. Um, so really appreciate you all. Um, join us next week. Hopefully we have a bit more of a fuller staff, uh, and, uh, hopefully the tigers won't disappoint me to the ends of the earth like they always do, but thank you so much. See you guys next week. Hey everybody. This is Noel. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the CNC replay. Please subscribe and rate us five stars as it really helps us out and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at CNC sports pod. We'll see you next week.